In today's gospel, Jesus places a child in front of his disciples and makes it clear to them that this child exemplifies what kind of people his followers should be and how they should treat one another. What is Jesus talking about here? For those of us who have struggled to grow up, is he telling us to go back to being young and foolish again? No. But as so often in his teaching, Jesus is trying to explode our usual assumptions and shake us out of our blindness. So what's in a child? As a way into what Jesus teaches here, we can do no better than to start with today's second reading from the letter of St. James, a marvelous text we have been reading from for the past several Sundays. James writes, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every foul practice. I think we sinners know instinctively what he is talking about, but it's worth stopping for a moment to clarify. There is such a thing as good ambition, and there is destructive ambition. The good kind gives us the energy to try our best, to excel if we can. But when we fall under the sway of destructive ambition, we become obsessed with how successful we are compared to other people. We want to push ourselves ahead, find reasons to look down on them or push them down. The selfish ambition James is talking about is this bad kind. And then jealousy. Here too, there is a passion that can be good sometimes, though too often it is destructive. I may look at someone who has achieved something I wish I could achieve in sports, for example, or in my line of work, and the thought of it may make me boil inside. The word James uses for jealousy here comes from the verb to boil. And this may push me into the good kind of ambition, trying to do my best. But the jealousy James is talking about here is all too familiar. It makes me obsessed with someone who seems to have more than I do, makes me want the person to lose and fail. What destructive ambition and jealousy have in common is this obsession with me against other people in an endless rat race for empty gains. And as James says, so many evils spring from this physical and emotional violence, dishonesty, stealing, hypocrisy. It's an ugly picture, but it's everywhere, in us and around us, in large and small ways. We've all put people down. We have all been treated as a nobody or an object of envy. And as the gospel shows, this selfish ambition and jealousy we're right next to Jesus, too. In today's gospel, he has just told his closest followers the truth about the road ahead. 
a road that will lead through suffering and humiliation and death, and then to his victory over death. Do his disciples sit down stunned and wonder what this means? No. They argue among themselves about which one is the greatest. They fall into destructive ambition and jealousy. And we know where this will lead. The way of Jesus, the way that will lead through the cross to eternal life, would take them exactly in the opposite direction, towards self-giving love and service. And to shake them out of their blindness, to under, uh, undermine their obsession with the endless rat race for empty gain, Jesus does not give them a lot of words. Instead, he puts a child in front of them as an example of how they should be in their own hearts and among one another on the way to eternal life. We have to be careful not to misunderstand here. In today's world, we tend to think of children first as cute and innocent, but that's not at all the way people saw children in the ancient world. No. Children in that world were small people with everything still to learn and nothing worth valuing, without social standing, vulnerable, subject to others in everything. This was the reality of the child that Jesus put in front of his followers as an example for the life of discipleship and as a counterpoint to jealousy and selfish ambition. He chose a child not to elicit sentimental feelings, but to confound our expectations and wake us up. And what was his meaning? I'm going to suggest three ways that children are an example to us in the life of faith. Three perspectives that together may help us to understand why Jesus chose to place a child in front of his followers here. The first is that a child is totally dependent on others for food and warmth and protection. As we grow older, we have to care for ourselves more independently. And we usually forget just how dependent we still are, dependent on the help and kindness of others, but also dependent on outside events, dependent on God's mercy and God's providence. The Psalms again and again remind us that we can be swept away any moment like a dream. And in a striking image, the psalmist prays to be with God like a weaned child. A weaned child. No longer nursing, an individual now, yes, but still completely dependent on the mother's warmth and protection as the child lies in the mother's lap. The child that Jesus puts before us reminds us with what childlike dependence we truly rely on God's grace and mercy for everything, every day of our lives. A second way that children are an example for us 
is that they always live under guidance. And when they follow good guidance, they flourish. Every parent knows this. Children do not make up the rules about when to cross the street or put their hand on a stovetop. As we get older, it can often seem that the good guidance just goes away, and we have to make things up as we go along. But this is just a recipe for disaster, for becoming a slave to all kinds of destructive passions like jealousy and selfish ambition as we lose our way. The truth is that it's in following the guidance of our faith, the guidance of our consciences formed by scripture and tradition and sound advice, that we free ourselves to follow the way to eternal life. So here Jesus is saying, follow that guidance with the complete acceptance and obedience you can see in children all your life long. And finally this, notice how completely children are able to live in the present, whether they are at play or learning a task. As we get older, we necessarily live less in the present moment. We have a lot more past to look back on, and we need to think about the future as we make plans. But there's a destructive side to this. We dwell on the past. We nurse old hurts and resentments and regrets. We focus on the future, overcome by worries or obsessed with schemes and strategies. But again and again in his teaching, Jesus warns us to let go of all this, to turn our attention to the present, to live in the present, to find fullness of life in the present like the lilies of the field or the birds of the air. The example of children reminds us to do this. And living, the, and living in the present moment, we have a chance to free ourselves, especially from the ambition and jealousy, from the selfishness and petty rivalries, from the chasing after empty gains that infected even the closest followers of Jesus. So here is what Jesus teaches through the example of the child. Live in childlike dependence on God's love and mercy. Follow the guidance of faith with childlike obedience. And like a child, find fullness of life in your present reality right here and now. So put that child once more in your mind's eye and consider this. Live in childlike dependence on God's love and mercy. Follow the guidance of faith with childlike obedience. And like a child, find fullness of life in your present reality this day and always. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. 
God bless and see you next time.